Thank you for joining us for the second cup of the coffee celebration. I'm your host, Wendy Steinberg, and today we have one of my favorite authors, kind of a girl crush fangirl here, freaking out all day. Um, today we have K.A. Tucker. She is the internationally best-selling author of over 30 books, which we're going to get to just a couple today, um, including the Simple Wild series, 10 Tiny Breaths, and Fate and Flame series. Her books have been featured in national publications such as USA Today, Globe and Mail, Suspense Magazine, Publishers Weekly, Oprah Magazine, oh my gosh, that like made it, and First for Women, and has been translate, translated into 18 different languages. Um, I cannot believe I'm, I'm speaking with you today, and um, I'm really honored that you agreed to talk to me about your latest book, The Hustler Next Door, which was just released last week. Um, I have read the first book in the series, The Player Next Door, and I've been waiting so patiently with the rest of your fans until we finally got to hear Justine's story. So I am so grateful it was here. Um, it took me about a day to read, and I ignored my children. So uh, just like <laughs> everybody else in the in the world, we're going to be, I hope they're doing that as well. So um, when you were growing up, did you always want to be a writer? Uh, no, actually. Um, I mean, I, I wrote stories when I was younger, um, mm -hmm. all kinds of, you know, dragon and princess fairy tale stories. And, um, but then, and I read a lot, but then I kind of grew out of that stage, I guess you could say, and I focused more on um, you know, a career in business and I went to school for business and um, I had a corporate career before going wow. back to writing in my early 30s. Yeah. And I was on maternity leave with my second child and I started writing again and kind of remembered or brought back that passion that I had for it. It was completely different, obviously, this time around being that much older, but um, yeah. it was definitely something I knew I wanted to do. That's amazing. Um, when you because you 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 were first published in 2011 correct yes that that was a self-published work that I put out uh, I was a YA fantasy which is what I had been working on and what I really kind of figured figured things out with with myself and wanting to write so um, and that was a series and uh, I had started writing that it was actually not until my fourth book which I switched over to contemporary romance and I wrote 10 mm -hmm. tiny breaths um, and that's when, um, that's when everything kind of just snowballed and, and happened. And I am so grateful that it did. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when you are developing characters in a plot and you begin writing, do you map everything out first or does it evolve kind of on its own? Yeah, there's no maps. There's no plotting for me. Um, it's all an evolution with the characters and the story and um, a lot of backpedaling to, to really figure out how the story and the, and the characters fit. Um, I wish I could map things out. That would make my life a lot easier. But it, the, really, the story and the characters unfold as I write. That's amazing. So, okay, I have so many questions. But I'm gonna, I've, I have completely uh, written out all these questions. Um, one of my favorite book series that you have is The Simple Wild with Kala and Jonah. And oh, I love them. And it takes place in Alaska. So when you created that initial book, did you go to Alaska? Did you do the research to figure out? Because like, I felt I was there as the reader. Yeah, 
Um, I, I actually did not go to Alaska until what year are we were 2023 now. So it was the fall of 2021 as I was preparing to write the third book or sorry, fourth book running wild. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing research, a lot of research months, weeks and and months of research of, of everything else that I could do besides actually physically flying to Alaska, which it seems like a, a crazy idea at the time um, to actually get on a plane and go. But then by the time I, I started writing Running Wild, I thought this is ridiculous. I really need to physically you know, touch the ground with my feet and, and um, to really see it. But I spent a lot of time just um, re- watching documentaries, uh, reading a lot of personal blog posts of people who live there people and people who who transferred there. So people who were from outside moving in and coming in to either work or relocate. I thought that was a really good way of getting, um, you know, that perspective of how different it is. Um, I, I, I lived on Google maps, um, literally just traveling down along with the Google earth and and just going down streets and looking at everything. So I spent a lot of time researching um, but no, I didn't physically go there until uh, the fall of 2021. I can't believe it because I don't know if people who are listening understand this series, but you feel like you're in Alaska. You're walking with Kala and you're walking with Jonah and you're you're just, I, I swear you would have been there. Um, and obviously you're in, you are in Canada, Toronto, right? Yes. Yeah. So you had... Callas from Toronto was that intentional or yes I wanted to have and originally when I was planning to write the simple wild I I did want to set it all in Canada and I was starting to look at northern Ontario because there are some very remote areas up there yeah um which were which are landlocked in you know not sorry not landlocked but are um you know remote enough that are um, accessible by plane only. Right. Um, but just with more research, I realized it made more sense to, to go to Alaska. Um, but in terms of, you know, there's elements and little Easter eggs from Toronto and the kind of the greater Toronto area. And that's all from my life. And, you know, the, the opening scene when she's on that, that subway, I mean, I've, I've done that. I've been to that stop. I've done all of those things. So, um, you know, there were bits of, to be able to pull out from my own life there in that sense. That's amazing. Um, everybody needs to go out and buy this series because you will not be disappointed. I just finished the last one with Marie um, and I was so angry with her throughout the book. Oh, everyone was. Everyone hated her. <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually waited till just last week knowing I get the opportunity to speak with you. I'm like, I've got to finish up this series. I got to know what happens to her. And I'm really happy that her life kind of went full circle and um, she ended up in a good place. But yeah, I, oh, I, I mean, I was like, <clears throat> I just didn't. <laughs> Here's this person and she's getting in the way of all the good stuff. And oh, okay. Um, and so let me ask you about when you do do a series, because this also will be when we talk about the. Um, player next door and the hustler next door it's like did you know after you did the first book that you were going to continue the story um so when I when wrapping up the 
the final chapters of The Simple Wild, I knew at that point that their story could go on and on and on, which is why I left it kind of, you know, so open-ended. Um, and I typically do that with a lot of my stories anyway. I don't like yeah. to tie everything up because I want to have keep doors open in case I come back to the story and decide I want to write more. Yes. Um, in the case of The Simple Wild, it was, it was, I, I mean, Kala and her father's story had come kind of wrapped up, but, you know, there was this whole new world for her and I knew that. So um, at that point, I didn't know when I was going to write it, but I knew I was going to write it. Oh my gosh. It got me through, um, your books literally got me through the pandemic. I was just on Amazon, reorder, reorder, reorder. It was amazing. Um, so speaking of strong female characters, here we have Scarlett Reed and Justine McDermott, right? And I had read The Player Next Door right when it came out, and it was came out in 2020. And to hear that you had extended the story, I was so excited. So I was like <laughs> counting down the days for January 3rd till I could actually buy the book. Because even though I know it's there's the e-readers and everything, I, I have to... I have to hold the book and I have all your books. So like, and I have to hide oh, them from that's the amazing. <laughs> get to some of the parts, which sometimes I have to fan myself. But these <laughs> two women are just so fierce and I feel like I could be their best friends. Um, and they're just so likable and strong and they've been through so much. Were they crafted on anyone that you knew or how did those personalities really come together um I don't so I, I typically don't write characters based on people that I know um it uns it unsettles me and I think it unsettles the people around me when I when when I first started writing and they kind of first started realizing I'm writing um people kind of looked at me a little bit strange my when I say people I mean my you know, close friends and family and I mm -hmm. you know I feel like they might have been a little bit you know worried I'm like am I a character in your book so um but so I don't I don't typically do that um but you know there's sometimes there's qualities to certain people that um that appeal to me so when I think of someone like Justine I mean I don't know a person like Justine she's she's one of a kind um, but there's certain parts of her, um, that I do probably see in, in some of my closer friends and, and yeah. qualities that I appreciate. Um, so when I'm crafting a character and I think, okay, this is going to be, a you know, a, a, a an outgoing and, um, unfiltered, but lovable character, what are some, you know, what are some elements to that personality? it makes it easy for me to be able to think, oh, well, you know, X is so-and-so and Y is so-and-so and how do I mm -hmm. meld those into a person, yeah. a new person on a page? Yeah, because we see her a little bit in The Player Next Door with Scarlett. And I, I literally thought she was going to marry Bill. Okay. But <laughs> I am so grateful you did not do that because Garrett yeah. is crazy. Um, and I actually, I don't know if other readers do this, but sometimes I don't finish a book because I don't want it to end. And I don't want to like find out that the character um, is hurt or like going through like any sort of challenges. Um, and that lasts about 20 minutes. And then I have to go back and pick it up again. Um, <laughs> it's so true because this two book series, you know, it has, it had me laughing, crying and blushing, seriously blushing. Um 
So Scarlet returns back in the player next door to Polson Falls. And did you go there in Pennsylvania? Is that a real city? Or oh, did you it's just not a real, it's oh. fictional. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've spent, I, I, for some reason, I feel like I always end up in Pennsylvania for some reason or other in a small town somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is fictional. I, and okay. I actually, with that series, but I mean, it's kind of modeled. I always, even a lot of my cities or a lot of my towns are fictional, but modeled off of real places. Uh Um, just so that I can, you know, help set something that makes sense. But, but if I get it wrong, then I don't get it wrong because it's not, you know, so, and so it's, yeah, exactly. It's and falls. It doesn't exist. So, you know, um, until it fades was also set in Pennsylvania and that was in Balsam, right. Which is also fictional as far as I know, anyway, Um, my town is fictional. So, uh, you know, but I would have found a little town and then kind of mapped it out and then, you know, seen the population, see what they have there and, and then Mm -hmm. gone from there and twisted it to my own needs for my story. Yeah. So Scarlet, I love that, but Scarlet has this high school crush and he ends up living next door to to her. And, um, you know, she had to kind of work through a lot of her own um, insecurities to kind of finally accept this beautiful man. Oh, my God, the way you describe these men. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hope one of them's Jewish. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, we'll get to the blushing part. But like, just amazing the way you um, describe them. Um, so you didn't map out the characters and they just kind of evolve on their own. Um, but in The Hustler Next Door, I mean, you have characters like Penelope Rose. She is on fire. She's off the hook. Um, yeah. and, and Dottie Reed, oh my goodness, what a peanut. And I mean, Madam Botts, I was scared of her and I just read a page about her. I mean, <laughs> and he, the firefighter, oh my God, what a cutie. So, you're writing the books, but you're not mapping it out. So you're just going back and forth and and letting it kind of take its own path. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of revisions, a lot yeah. of tweaking because, a lot, you know, in, in any time I create one of those characters, I'll realize, oh, I need them to be more of, you know, this or more of that, okay. in which case I, I go. And for me, for writing, um, I revise while I write. Okay. That's just, that's my method. Um, and because I get, I always get to a certain point when I'm writing and I can't write anymore until I go back and fix everything (laughs) until it's right. Or I lose my train of thought. I lose uh, the feel of this for the story. Um, but yeah, with all of those characters and I, I, when I sat down to write Polson, uh, the first book in Polson Falls series, I, I wanted it to be small town, but I wanted it to be fun. I wanted to be there a lot of humor and a lot of drama, but a lot of, fun characters who are off the wall a little bit on our they have very strong personalities no matter what they are and they're comical um I I wanted to have that series be different from call it the simple wild which is a Mm -hmm. a much softer um kind of women's fic feel um there you know there's still a lot of humor to it but but different it's a different Mm -hmm. style right and uh, so I I, yeah when I sat down to do this I thought I I want you know, I want this to be different. I want these to, there to be zany characters. Um, oh, and they are fun. It, it, it is so fun. Shirley from. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
oh, I just love it. I love it. I love it. Because it really does. Like it, it, I mean, I know these are fictional towns, but I thought I could live here. I could totally blend it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it was just, it's just, and I don't even know because when I'm thinking about it, I thought about this last night. These books are only 300 pages, but you've created a community with all these vibrant characters, with a lot of different um, storylines, you know, interweaving together. And I don't know how you do it because in 300 pages, I mean, that's really a gift because, you know, you, you can't, I mean, you, I can see the town. I want to be best friends with Scarlett and Justine. Um, the men are just so hunky and yummy and and I'm like I could live here I could do a road trip let's go see this place I I don't know how you condense it and still create such a community that you know keeps going I don't know I, I I don't have an answer um I just I always when I when I write I focus very much on storytelling Okay. I, I love storytelling and, um, and I, I'm a fairly lean writer. I'm not, there's, I always talk to writers who going through edits, they have to delete this chapter and that chapter or this page or this section. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person when I, I write in layers and I always have to, I'll write a first draft and it'll be, you know, 50,000 words as opposed to a hundred. And then, so then as I go back and I build each character and I develop each idea, I add the words in just until they're just enough kind of, I always try and keep it as clean and sharp as possible because I, my, um, my biggest pet peeve when I'm reading is that I'm skimming. I don't like to skim. And so when I write, I try to produce books that are, there's, there's no need to skim. I try. And I read every word. I'm like, I go flip back and I flip back and I make sure I got it all. I found myself doing that with Justine because she's just so funny and the stuff <laughs> she was says, fun. oh my God, it reminds me of my friend Heidi and I in graduate school. Oh, it's just so fun. Um, and so with The Hustler Next Door, which everybody's going to buy, um, without giving too much away, she's newly single. She's living with her best friend, Scarlett. She's working at Ned's appliance store. And um, she gets really invested in this town. But she's still not kind of grounded or finding her roots there um, because she was supposed to marry Bill and he cheated on her. <laughs> Did not like that. He is just like the way it came, but the way it ended with her, not necessarily because I do see maybe another book with Dean and the doctor. I don't know. He bought that farm. Um, but, uh, you know, she has this kindness and um, she just evolves. Really, she like is so insecure at the beginning. She's carrying this weight. And then as she accepts herself, she just kind of blossoms. And um, she's tiny and fierce and has a mouth on her. And I love it. I really, really do. It's so fun. Um, Were you striving? Because when I read about her, like I was mad at her family. Okay, got to be a little mad because they chose so Bill's best friends with her brother and they're best friends with Bill's parents. And her parents kept cho- choosing the parents' friendship over their daughter's feelings. And mm, did not like that part. Do you want to speak I know it was, it was, uh, it was a tough one. I sat there and thinking about that. And I was like, how do you, you know, how do you balance this? And I mean, I, 
there's been situations where things like that have happened, right? And it's like, do you just do you just cut off everyone? Do you just say that's it? I want nothing to do with you and our entire history and and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, for a relationship that, yeah, you know what, Bill was a, was a jerk. He really um, was. But yeah. you know, but but it's I felt like it felt like a very complex situation, right? And and that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would, would would the parents look at Bill the same way? Absolutely not. And they kind of, they allude to that, yeah. um, you know, where the mom says, she's like, believe me, I, you know, I, you know, I can't, I, I, I do not see him the same way anymore. Like right. I can't, I can barely handle him. Um, but yeah, do you, I don't know, do they just like the kiss of death to, to their best friends and everyone and say, that's it, we're gone? I mean, realistically- no. Right. No, that, that was a delicate balance. Absolutely. So it was it was hard. And yes, but I figured, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go this way. Um, as opposed to the, you know, the complete cutoff. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about those luscious men. Okay. Shona <laughs> is so delish. He is the Yeti, right, in the Simple Wild series. And both Shane and Garrett, the way you create them. I mean, that gives me a standard that's unattainable. There are no men like that ever. Um, but And then how do you get the intimacy? I mean, I don't want to give so much weight because you have to buy the book, okay, people? But, um, like, I'm sitting here blushing, and, my, and I have three boys. And so nine times out of ten, my 13-year-old boy will go, Mommy, what are you reading? As I'm blushing. <laughs> uh, it's a book. He's like, what's the book about? Neighbors. And, <laughs> and he's like, well, what are they talking about? I said, they're just bringing each other dinner. That's <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, you got to tell me how, because in all of your books, you, you have like the way you build the relationship and the romance and the intimacy is uh, just really, I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. And I don't know how you were able to to create that and and um I, I honestly are, what yeah I I don't know I I like those are hard scenes for me to write I typically write those at the end okay so as I'm as I'm working and like any sort of any sort of you know steamy intimate anything I just I usually like type in either you know dot 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 to be continued or I just leave mm -hmm. blanks or I just write, they do it. And then I move on. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then I go back because it's actually extremely tough. I struggle. And, you know, where I can write a scene that will take me a day, one of those will take like days and days, possibly a week. And, and it's, 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 it's tight. It's hard. It's hard to write for me. I mean, has your husband read these books? My husband, no, I probably 10 tiny breaths. I remember he might have read he will be my ruin I think but uh but no he doesn't and I'm fine with that I'm like you don't need to read my my like he probably well, doesn't need saying, to be in my head he's married to me so he just needs to be in my head well I'm just thinking some of those scenes I'm like taking notes I'm like okay god <laughs> oh my goodness and so Shane Beckett who's in the player next door which is the first book, book of the series he's a firefighter he's gorgeous and hunky and Garrett in this in this yeah I mean, oh, no, of course they have to be right. <laughs> and Dean, even though he's slept with Dottie, you know, he's gorgeous and hunky. Um, but Garrett is a little bit 
more refined and um I don't know I think he really compliments the way Justine it like he grounds her and um I don't know I, I they really are just good characters that come together you know you wouldn't think Jonah and Kala would be a good match but and Scarlett really um fought the connection with Shane because she didn't want to be hurt again. But then with Justine and Garrett, I mean, their verbal banter was foreplay. It was just trying to kind of keep up with what they were saying to each other. You knew that they were getting deeper into each other and connecting. And that was hysterical. They were just so great. So that's, so that's my favorite thing to write is that, that back and forth kind of that banter as that push and pull banter type of dialogue I love writing that because it's hilarious it's fun it's just it's you know and and you you're able to kind of really tease out the tension and and any underlying um you know challenges between the two of them any conflicts it's and their personalities right so yeah yeah um I always like how your characters don't have or at least in these series any money problems i kind of like oh, that oh yeah yeah i mean well I've, yeah i do have a couple series with money problems but or a couple books i should say but mm-hmm. yeah these ones yeah they don't usually i mean i'm trying to think yeah they don't yeah because all of them have managed to to get their hands on stuff but i do have a couple where they're yeah they're they're not not doing well so once you finish yeah. the book you said you you go through and you revise as you go. What's the next step do you take um, to get it to be published? I know there's probably many steps in between there, but what do you do once you've finished that first um, draft? Well, I mean, I never have kind of that first draft. It's always by the time I get to the end of the story, it's when I'm actually finally finishing the last chapter, I've probably rewritten the story three or four times. Okay. Um, so, you know, call that draft three, draft four, because I'm going back and, and rewriting and rereading um, mm-hmm. or maybe draft seven or draft 10 in some cases. <laughs> um, and then from there, I send it to my editor. And I mean, there, there's some readers who, uh, sorry, some writers who have beta readers first. And there's been a couple of times where I've sent things to beta readers, but I typically, I, I have a really great working relationship with my editor um, and I really trust her. And so I can send my manuscript to her and then she does the copy and line edit. But if there's anything that pops out from a from a structural standpoint, yeah. um, she, she will flag it, but, um, yeah. but I, I really do focus on my structure as I'm writing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then, and then from there it's, I get it proofread and then, and then we're off to the races. Okay. You've invested what, okay. Multi question here, different questions within one. So how long does it typically take you to write a book is it months is it a year are, are you under like a time crunch yeah I'm so I'm always under a time crunch because as soon as I hire and as soon as I hire the editor I'm on a time crunch whether that okay. like now I have a, a date for the end of April um and so as soon as I do that I'm 
you know, because it's her time as well. Right. So I, I'm going to do everything I can to hit that, that mark. There's been times where I've, you know, either handed 95% and had to write the last two chapters. Right. Um, but, but I really try and hit that mark. Um, and depending on the story, if it's, you know, sometimes it can take me on average, I would say about three months. Um, okay. There's been times where I've worked a year on a story. Okay. Um, Simple Wild took me a long time. Keeper Safe took me a long time. Also, because I was writing both of them at the same time, or it was until it fades, I think I was writing at the same time as Keeper Safe, and, and I got messed up with that. But I don't recommend that. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, um, The Hustler took me, I guess, two months, I think, two months. So, um, it depends on, it depends on the story, the fantasy that I'll be working on now, I've been brainstorming and plotting and everything. And it's already, um, you know, this is the third book going in now. So the world is, is quite built already. So that makes it easier for me to just mm-hmm. pick up where I left off and, and go. Yeah. And that, but it'll be, it'll be crunch time. I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll be like down the midnight, you know, emailing it <laughs> the night before to my editor. Okay, so it, it's good to kind of have that vision. Um, when you complete a book, what is like, because you've been part of that for months, and like you just said, a year sometimes. Um, and the reason why I ask this question, like, um, you know, I'm Jewish, and so after my boys had their bar mitzvah, it's kind of like a letdown, right? It's like, <laughs> you plan, plan, plan for this one day or this one moment, and then it's done and you're like, what am I going to do? How do you like celebrate the fact that it's done and, and you're moving on to the next phases, but then how do you kind of pick yourself up from having been in this world and created this, this, uh, these books, or do you just keep going to the next series? I, I mean, I would think that there's a letdown somehow. Uh, you know what, but usually by the time that I'm, ending and, and sending that manuscript off to my editor I want nothing more to do with that book I don't want to look at it ever again that's that's usually where my head's at I, okay. I want nothing so okay. I send it off and then I take a deep breath and I you know go shower or whatever that I skipped probably doing for the last couple of days and I eat and I and I relax that's good. Um, and w- what I've started doing now is not not even looking at um, another book starting another book for a month I usually take like a full month sometimes more sometimes more so I finished the hustler at the end of November and we're now in January and I'm just sitting down now to write but there's also all of the other the marketing and business stuff right so that keeps me busy but it's much easier um to manage than the the deadline writing deadline (laughs) situation and then and then for me I what I've learned and what I love to do is I, this is why I write in different genres. I couldn't go and write another rom-com book now, like say for example, and I'm not committing to anything, but if I were to write another book in the Bulls and Falls series, (laughs) the last thing I would want to do is start it right now. I need, I need something completely different, which is why I'm now shifting into my fantasy. And then when I finish the third book there, I will need to write the fourth, but I will, you could not pay me to write the fourth at that point. I'll have to go off and write some other right. story. Okay. Right? So that's, that's how I manage that. And yeah, I, there's no, there's no let down because it's just such a, oh, it's such a tough place to get to. And yeah. for me anyway, there's no let down to get that book done. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, it's a challenge. Since it's it's a big challenge I, for me. I, writing is the hardest thing that I've I've done in my career, um, in any career. So you you have these different genres: the fantasy, the romance, um, and some of those standalone books um, are just so so lovely. Um, where do you get your inspiration and ideas? Um, all over the place. So, but usually news stories, usually sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as, um, the simple wild. It was at the cottage. So we have a yeah. cottage in, in, um, Northern, three hours North of here. And, um, I would sit on the beach and there was a man in, with a float plane who would take off and land, um, across mm -hmm. the lake. And just watching him take off and land. And I thought, mm -hmm. I would always wonder where he's going, what it's, what's, what it's like. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I started thinking about all the remote parts and, and this and that. And then of course it spun into a romance. So, um, you know, sometimes it's things like that, but other times it's, it's just a little thread of a story of an idea. Um, mm -hmm. And, and then how can I spin it into, you know, something else? Um, right. There, there's one I have it actually it's in, and I take notes and anytime a little story idea pops up, I have them, I pop them into my notes in my, okay. my phone. And so I have all of these just like chicken scratch notes <laughs> of all these things and I save them. And there's one that came up that I saved back in 2018 I think it was. Yeah. And, but I, my, oh, I found the perfect book for it. So it was kind of back there, just sitting there. I'm like, this would make a great story, but I don't know where. And now I've realized, oh, I know how to make this a great story with, you know, some, That's some amazing. characters. That's amazing. So. Oh my gosh. Oh, that so that's so lovely. So, <laughs> um, uh, so you're not going to do another Pulse and Falls one just yet. Um, I understand. Yeah, I'm not. I, I've learned to not commit to anything. I'm, okay, I'm anti-commitment. <laughs> I'm still buying. Um, but what? Like, there's so many people who want to be writers. Um, do you have any advice for those people who want to be writers? You said at the beginning you read a lot. You you wrote when you were younger, and then after, you know. You, you kind of pivoted your career and you started rewriting again. Um, you know, I've heard the advice that I should be, you know, um, reading a lot and writing a lot and things like that. But then, um, I don't know, sometimes what kind of advice would you give someone who has aspirations to, to be a writer like you? Um, I, well, I mean, as you just touched on, those are kind of the basic standard you know, mm -hmm. ones with reading and whatnot, but I would say, write, sit down and write for yourself. Yeah. Don't think about anything else. Don't think about publishing contracts. Don't think about, I mean, obviously those are in, you know, somewhere out there as, as potential dreams, mm -hmm. but sit down and write for yourself and just, you know, sit down, get those, those words on the paper or on, on your computer. They're going to be bad words. Probably at first, all of my first words are bad words in you know, every draft. And if I go back and read it, it's yeah. terrible. And which is why I'm always revising, yeah. But just getting them on the on the page. But no one reads my work while I'm writing. I, I'm not handing it off to someone. It's all okay. just for me. And okay. and then, and you know, when I get to the point where I think I really love this, that's that's when you you know potentially start thinking about, hey, you know, maybe do I? And if you're a new writer, 
leaning on on other people who um, you know are maybe at the same level as you or you know some sort of um, critique groups or you know anything like that can help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, write for yourself first is write what I would yourself. say. Just yeah. because then then that pressure of oh what if what if nobody likes it? Well, all that matters is do you like it? Yeah. Um. At, as a starting step, as a starting point, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, even now when I write, I knew, when I published The Hustler, I knew that some people would not like Justine. I knew she was going to be a polarizing character. Oh yeah, there's people who cannot stand her. And I knew that, I knew that was gonna happen. And I was fine with that because I loved the story and I loved her. Yeah, I love it. And that's all that matters, right? And and like, that's the, that's the only control that you have. Um, because no matter what book it is and no matter how popular it is and no matter how popular you become, there are going to be people who hate yeah. your stories, who hate your characters, who can't stand, who think you shouldn't be writing. I don't worry about those people. Right? I mean. Do they actually tell you this? Uh, you know what? I've been pretty lucky. Um, a, I avoid my, I avoid my um, reviews. I do not read bad yeah. reviews. I, I, if I go into Goodreads, I would go into filter to five star and I would live uh-huh. in a bubble of, of happy. <laughs> I love my, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, like I, you know, I don't need to, if the people d- don't like the story, I don't, me personally, I don't need to go and find out why um, there, are, yeah, there, there's a whole you know, anytime you put your work out there, you're, you're mm-hmm. putting yourself out there and it's a vulnerable yeah. part of you. Um, and there's, are people who are going to tear it down and, and yeah. that's just who they are. And, but you can't control that. No. Um, so I don't, I don't worry about them now. It's taken, you know, quite a few years and some thick skin to be able to do that. Yeah. But that was going to be my question. Like when you self-published in 2011, were you at the point you are now, like, and not oh, for, for writing or re- like not reading the reviews or taking it like writing for yourself, writing, being happy with what you write and not internalizing what other people say about your work? Yeah, I mean, I was probably I was definitely not I would say I did not confidence and I did not have the same maybe um I still had the same, I knew that to stay out of the reviews, the bad reviews, stay out of them unless you, unless you want to wallow or unless you feel that you can learn something from them. Yeah. Um, which sometimes you can get a, reviews that are well-written reviews that highlight um, the things that you didn't see or didn't think about. Um, and especially when you're starting out, that can be valuable, but yeah. Um, but it's, it's difficult to get to get to those types of reviews without wading through uh, yeah. very subjective ones. And, and um, I, and the funny thing is, is you bring up my first, so when I was publishing those, that, those, that was just a uh, self-published, that was um, just a hobby. I was still working full-time. I still had my career, corporate career. That was the first three books, right? And um, first four books, actually, because I self-published 10 Tiny Breaths first, and then it got picked up. Um, by a traditional publisher and um so yeah so it, it was a hobby um I lost my train of thought here where was I going with that oh yeah so but I mean I was I was happy with my my books yeah. at the time I was happy it didn't matter um fast forward to the fantasy that I just put out 
2021. And there were actually elements of that because there were elements that I loved about that story. Mm-hmm. And when I, I went back at first and I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just go see if I can age this up or I can revise this and, and you know, embellish it or whatnot and, and re-release it as a kind of a new improved version. I was thinking about that. And then I went and picked out, opened the first book. And within, I think, three or four chapters, I went into Amazon and I pulled all of them down off of Amazon because I thought nobody, I cannot have anyone reading these because they're, my writing has improved so, 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 so much that I don't want um, anybody reading my new fantasy series and then thinking, oh, well, what other, we love this. What other fantasy do we want to read of hers and go to that and then be just completely flabbergasted. Um, And so my, I mean, it was, it was interesting to see how much my writing had changed, but um, obviously this story is very different anyway, but yeah. Yeah. But, but I would never (laughs) have gotten to where I'm at without just sitting down and writing and writing okay. and writing all of those books and all of those years and all of that experience. I Each book is going to um, stretch you as a writer. Okay, that's great advice. Um, <laughs> it was self self there because I love it. Oh, that's okay, I have a dog. Have a dog. <laughs> Sorry. It's all sleeping until- Anyway, but in closing, what, is your favorite part about Justine? And because um, I know we're not listening to the haters. They don't yeah. get it, right? But what is your favorite part about her and her her life um, and connecting with Garrett? I think with, with Justine, what I love most about her is she is, I mean, she yes, she can be abrasive. And yes, mm-hmm. she is unapologetic, but she has a good heart. Um, and you know, so when certain, a lot of the things that she, she's very, you know, and there's a point where Garrett says, I, I know what you're doing. I can see right through you. I can see right through this mask, this yeah. mask that you have to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, and that's when she was, you know, kind of overboard with, um, with her antics, but, um, but she still, she has a good heart. She's not mean. She's, yeah. um, she's a good person, you know, and, and she's just, She's just, um, you know, she's her firebrand, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No wet noodle here. No wet. No, noodle. exactly. <laughs> oh my god, Miss um, Tucker, I'm so grateful you just took 40 minutes to to tell me your your story and and inspire me as a potential writer. And I love your books. And I hope people. I'm gonna when I have the opportunity to air this, I'm gonna put a link so that they can also get. The Hustler, The Player Next Door, and The Hustler Next Door. You'll read them within a day. Day, two days at most. Ignore your children. They don't. (laughs) McDonald's, it doesn't matter. Um, But I'm really, really grateful. And thank you so much. This is like, I love reading. Reading has always been my safe place. And to meet somebody who has succeeded in different genres of writing. And you took the time to, to inspire me. I'm really, really grateful. Thank you so much. much. Thank you for having me. I really, I always love obviously talking to, to readers. So it's, this is a really nice treat, especially when I'm, you know, it's January and I'm hiding in my office all day, every day. So. <laughs> of your office. Thank you again. Have a Thank great you. Day. Be well. You Thank you.